Hello and welcome to the PK Soccer Youth Coaching Podcast with me, Paul Kelshaw. During this time, I will be discussing many topics surrounding the youth game and what people like me are doing to improve the standards of coaching, player development, spectator understanding and personal growth, especially here in the US. I will be giving my opinion as well as talking to friends, colleagues, past and present, who have had a positive impact on my own personal coaching development, but whom I also believe are having a positive impact in the game today. Today I'm joined by my friend Tom Williamson. Tom is a soccer coach for Sousa Long Island. Sousa is one of the biggest clubs and coaching organisations here on Long Island. We talk about Tom's experience working for a large organisation and the benefits that can bring to a soccer coach. Hi, Tom, and uh, thanks for joining me this evening on uh, the PK Soccer Podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks, Paul. How's it going? Yeah. Um, so first, I really would like to just get started. If you could just give us a, a brief introduction of how you actually got into coaching soccer. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I started coaching when I was must have been 18, 19. Uh, picked up uh, a team when I was at university in England. Um and it just kind of progressed from there. I found a, a, a passion for it. Uh, applied for a job working in the States with the New York Red Bulls, um, which progressed. And over the last uh, 12-ish years, it's just moved from uh, different role to different role, just staying in, staying involved in coaching in, in whatever capacity I can find. So when you, uh, when you came to the States to work with the Red Bulls, um... Could you go in a little bit of detail of, of how that was, you know? Yeah, um, so it was quite a, a lengthy, obviously being a, a, a major professional organization, that the interview process was was quite lengthy. Um, I think I, I finished university uh, on, a, on a Monday and drove down to uh, a different university in London on a Tuesday, did a day's worth of of basically assess, coaching assessments with must have been 20 to 30 other coaches and by by the, the Wednesday or the Thursday um, the successful candidates were offered a job and within a within a month we were on a plane and uh, and getting ready to move out and what were some of the um, the reasons for you wanting to join such a, a big organization like the Red Bulls uh, at the time it was it was a case of tr- getting out to to do something different, fresh out of uh, fresh out of university or college. Um, very very naive and not really know what it, what I was looking for. Um, the the process that I just explained in in becoming part of the Red Bulls coaching team was was very professional and um, it was almost like a, a good a good grounding to kind of give me that hunger to get out here. Because I had I had done something ex- very similar when when it was the the metro stars and mm-hmm. the level of detail you got from like coach education we used to meet um once a week up for practical and theory lessons and i know just from what i've heard from from other coaches as well that and what i see on the field as well big part of working for the red bulls is the in-house education you can get um, did you benefit from that? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like, like I said, I was, I came out very, uh, very raw and very naive to, 
to not just just coaching but education in general and and the, as you mentioned the Red Bulls uh, the Red Bulls curriculum the Red Bulls the mentality was very much coach development improve 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 work 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 I think you know there were you know 30 40 50 coaches all coming together on a weekly basis um, sharing ideas which when you when you're 21 years old trying to forge something in an industry that's uh, that's invaluable. Yeah, and I also found that I, I benefited from definitely summer camps. Uh, that was a big thing. You're working with a um, group of coaches could be, you know, as as little as a, a two-man camp to as many as a, you know, 10, 12, 15 plus coach camp. You know, uh, working with other coaches. Um, I, I always found, and then just the uh, kind of that group feeling as well, that that felt that was a big thing um and i'm sure because we've spoken this about before like you make you make good friends as well people that you stay in contact with for a long time yeah for sure i mean some of the as i'm sure we'll go into some of the people that i met in that first kind of 18 months in the rebels environment are still friends to this day that i, I still you know either work with or have very close you know friendships with and you know and still continually sharing ideas on a professional and personal level yeah i agree it's one of the um that's another one of the benefits uh, of of um kind of gaining your stripes at one of these big organizations the uh the interaction with other coaches um the access to different levels of players um and the education that you can get from uh, just from observing other coaches work and the workshops that we would have during the week now, from from the Red Bulls, um, and this is how I got to meet, meet you. We we both worked for for Noga Soccer on Long Island and in Connecticut. Could you explain how how that come and what what drew drew you to working for Noga? Uh, yeah, so I I'd been with um, I mean, my timeline maybe a little off. I think I'd been with Red Bull for two and a half years at that point. Um, had you know had probably got a little bit stagnant, a little bit complacent. And uh, went to do a, a coaching course, which at the time it was a, an NSCAA national, uh, which is obviously now the United Coaches, and met uh, Tim Bradbury, who was one of the course instructors, who um, I, I got on with pretty well on the course, and he was uh, one of the, the directors of, of NOGA. So just in talking to him and staying in touch with him in the, the three or four months after, after the course, um, you know, we started talking about other opportunities. Noga was was primarily based on Long Island at the time, which was where I kind of saw a future, and it uh, it, it was a great opportunity to to take advantage of. And I probably say um, compared to the Red Bulls, the Noga was probably a little probably less coaches, but probably more spread out over over a bigger area. Would you agree? Um, or very similar. I'd say it was very similar in the in the area that it covered. Um, there was definitely definitely less uh, kind of you know. For example, when I went into Nogar, I would be working in a club where I was the only coach. Whereas when we were working with the Red Bulls, there would be three, four coaches at every club doing various. You know, some players on intramural, some players on travel. Um, you know, you'd have some coaches that would work a day, some coaches that would work seven days. Whereas with Nogar, it was a little bit more. You know, we were on an island and working in our own clubs a little bit more. 
And then one thing um, from my time with Noga as well, the the staff training that that we received was was excellent. Um, another good opportunity to uh, again watch other coaches coach, work with other coaches. What are the some of the benefits that you found for working for Noga? Uh, the the best thing, I mean. I, I say this to everyone that, that I speak to is the, the curriculum that we worked from at Noga um, was was ahead of its time. Some of the stuff that we were working working on eight to ten years ago is still being discussed at, at coaching seminars and workshops now as a as this brand new way to, to coach and educate players. Um, that was a, a huge a huge thing for me personally, and I think for a lot of the people that worked for us was that we did feel that we were a little bit ahead of the game because we were working from a, a pretty consistent curriculum that was that was both proven as successful but also developmentally appropriate as well. Well, it's one of the um, the main ideas or one of the main things that you learned from Noga that you still continue to use today. Uh, touches on the ball in a in a pressurized environment that that recreates the game. And making sure that players are are learning within the game rather than you know not necessarily running in straight lines. It's it's multi-directional, multi-functional practices. Yeah, I took a a big thing with um, the one v ones and involving competition mm-hmm. in within practice. Um, in fact, I was uh, today I was watching just clips from the two thousand and two World Cup with Brazil. Kind of just like the uh, original Ronaldo watching Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, those kind of players, I think were, um, I guess, mirror images of what of what I think we were trying to uh, replicate with the kids. Sure. Um, so as you moved on from from Noga, you um, Noga turned into UK Elite. Could you? Go into uh, go into a little bit of detail of uh, your experience with UK Elite. Yeah, so UK Elite was basically they they purchased Noga, so it was it was almost a, a force move in that regard. Um, but at the at the time, they were one of either either the biggest or the second biggest coaching organization in the country. Um, they had offices all over the country, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of staff. Um, and it was almost like going from being, you know, one of, you know, a, a big fish in a small pond with Noga to, you know, a, a very small fish in a big pond with with UK Elite, which with so many staff, staff, staff meetings. Although not necessarily soccer focused, they were, they were definitely more business focused. But the number of of people there offering ideas of how to to build and grow the organisation was was, you know, a, a big step in kind of learning more about the business side of, of what we do. So you think with um, with it then going from a really a, a multi-state company, do you think it lost some of its personal touch? Um, n- not necessarily because I think the, the personal touch always comes down to, to the coach and how much how much of a, how much of their own personality a coach is going to imprint on his, his players and teams. Um, what I will say was it, it was definitely more focused 
on building a business as opposed to building the soccer player and the soccer coach. I see. Um, so from, I suppose that was a was a brief stay. I wanted to mention it, but it was um, a brief stint, but it's all part of the journey. And then from there, you um, you went to work independently as a as a soccer coach on Long Island. For how long did you work independently for? Uh, I was independent um, for about a year and a half to two years, um, and that was that was probably the most recent that kind of brought me to where I am now. Yeah, and I can say I'm. Um, what close to seven years has been an independent trainer since leaving Noga and it's a you know daunting feeling to leave you know a big organization to then be on your own what are uh, some of the benefits you've found from being independent and working really for yourself um well I think it, it gives you a lot more flexibility of, of schedule um you know you're you're on your own so what the effort and time that you put into it is, is what you get out of it and that's I think that's something that everybody in our industry would like to experience at some point and you know I was fortunate enough to kind of get to that position where I could you know work for myself make my own decisions you know build players and teams in my own image which was you know it was a fantastic experience. So um, did the level of player change we were working with what kind of players were you working with when you were independent? Um, well, the, the differences between independent compared to working for a, a large organization is that you're not necessarily spoon-fed the groups that you work with. So you have to go out and, and find those people and find those teams and find those players. So I went from, you know, I would have teams in small community clubs on, a, on one day, but then the next day I would be working in teams that are playing in you know, the Northeast NPL, which is a, a semi-competitive division with with teams that play all over the the east region so when you um when you're coaching for yourself were you were you ever on the field with with other independent coaches or coaches from other organizations yeah yeah regularly i was it was always you know i would i may have one sixth of a field and then there'd be someone from another other organization on another sixth of a field um it, it's it was definitely a you know an opportunity to see how other independent coaches and coaches from other organizations you know work without being tied down myself see and what um do you still use some of the ideas and the training methods that you learn with the red bulls and with noga 100 percent, yeah uh kind of like you said it's all coaching's about it about the journey and it's about taking little bits from from everywhere you work you know from from Red Bulls to Noga to UK Elite and even to to Sousa where I'm employed now. You, I'm always learning and always picking things up and tweaking things. And that you know that could be a session or the way I talk to players or the way I talk to parents. Everything's uh, you know part of that. Yeah, because I we um I remember we did the uh, well, what was the USSF National Youth License, which has now been rebranded with the United Soccer Coaches. We had taking that course together in Hicksville, um, which I thought was an excellent course for working with those, what, under six to under 10 age groups. Um, of course, Tim was one of our instructors, so it was um, 
I really felt like it was a, a crash course in Noga, but which, which was a, obviously a, a great thing. It really benefited me, really helped me with, you know, with the course and, and going through the work. Do you, um, do you use any of the methods from that national youth license in your coaching? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I, I tell anyone that uh, anyone that's interested, whether it be you know a new coach that's, that's looking for advice, or even a a more seasoned coach that maybe is you know is just just looking to keep up with qualifications and stay involved in the game. That was probably the one of the better courses I've ever done, um, and the the methodology behind everything I do is you know that's that course was probably the foundation of of, of a lot of what I do right now. One thing um, I remember from that course is the group, our group presentation, where it was um, kind of replicated that you were in a parent meeting, or it, and the pressure and of talking to a a group of parents when you're working with their children. How much of a benefit has that that youth license course, along with the huge amounts of interaction with with parents on camps and the clinics and the the training we did how much has that benefited you over the years uh huge i i would probably say that although i'm, I'm quite a confident person standing in front of a, a board or a group of parents who are from various backgrounds with you know various income levels various experiences and and some of them not even soccer people they're just there to help their kids. I, I was never overly confident in having having conversations with those people. Whereas, you know, from from that experience on the national youth license, and I also um, did my director of coaching license a couple of years ago, which put put us in a similar environment. Um, that that's played a big part in my my for want of a better word, my confidence in speaking, you know, publicly in front of. of of everyone, not just soccer coaches, but parents, board members, decision makers, and you know everyone in between. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point you make. I, um, I've also done the, that director of coaching course with well, what was the NSCAA, and you know a big aspect of it was dealing with parents, um, letting them know the process, uh, and like you said, if you have confidence and belief in, in your work, then you know, then that's always going to be a lot easier speaking to those parents. Now, sure. if we could talk about how you were, um, so you said it was like two, two and a half years of, of being independent, and now you're working for for one of the largest soccer clubs on Long Island, for Sousa. Could you go into a, a bit of detail of how that came about? Yeah, so kind of to go full circle um so a couple of the the directors in susa are are friends that i met back in the days of working with red bulls who you know are, are close personal friends that i've been friends with um for years and years um they they approached me um I give or take around a year ago uh with an opportunity that came up and you know after a few months of of talk and deliberation with my family it, it, it was a it was a very good opportunity to, to take up and you know now I'm I'm back working with the people that I was working with when I was that naive 20 year old so the uh, the clubs that you um, have been working with are they 
They're now under the, the Sousa umbrella. Yeah, yeah. So they're now considered affiliate clubs of Sousa. Um, Sousa has, give or take, six to ten affiliate clubs, all with different kind of relationships and and uh, and agreements. But they all come under the umbrella of a pathway to provide all players with all levels an opportunity to to, to play. Uh, so it's good. It's funny how it comes full circle that you said that um, you know through those context and those friendships that you made when you first came here with the Red Bulls that it you know it, it has led to other opportunities um, you know that's that's one thing that can sometimes get get overlooked uh, th- those yeah, friendship sure. ties are you know important yeah networking is incredibly important in what we do the games the game is always changing and evolving and you know especially here on Long Island where things are so competitive and everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie you know those these quote for, you know quote unquote bigger organizations give give opportunities to to create relationships and they can be invaluable and you know I would never have expected to be in this position five years ago but uh, you know things change and that's 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 a good thing. So I'm sure now that you're um, you know you're working with uh, former colleagues that are you know close friends and having access to all these resources, how much of a, of a benefit has that been? I know you're in the early stages, but what kind of benefits has that had in your uh, coaching? So it's just everything is everything's available. So the, the biggest difference I've probably found is that when, when working on your own, you're very much, you know, if, if you're, you're on your own island, so you've got your own access to resources so you know i'm only working with what i can provide or even what i can afford and you know sometimes that can be very difficult whereas you know coming into this this bigger organization i have access to staff those staff have access to to further qualifications you know little things fields equipment uniform you know we're all we're all dressed in the same same gear it's it's a very professional outlook which is Again, like you said earlier, it's it's, eval- it's invaluable. Yeah, so you've, um, I suppose that that access as well to uh, to more senior members of staff, to to mentors. Um, have you um, received more training, or could you? Exp- really, what I want to say is, could you explain something about the coach education you've received? in that short amount of time Um, yeah it's still it's still very much the early days um what i would say is rather than be specifically coach education you know my day-to-day job now is you know i'm in an office with you know two or three people that haven't got as as much experience as myself two or three people that have been coaching the same amount of time as myself and then you know four or five people that have got bags and bags of experience so it's a real kind of melting pot of of opportunity and we're all working in different areas of the business so you know it's almost like on a daily basis we're sharing ideas and you know it's not necessarily all on soccer or all on the business side which is what I've experienced in the past there's a good uh, good blend of both yeah that that's uh that's a good point you make because that's like a huge thing that that I somewhat miss in my in my current position whereas I am you know working alone as this as a the senior coach as the director of coaching and those times when I was working with Metro stars and with, with Noga, 
and those you go into that office and just that that small talk on even if it was professional soccer on your team um you had senior members of staff that you could you know take advice from and sometimes that like being actually in a physical like coaching forum in if you want to put it in a modern way is um you know worth its weight in gold really that you have access to all those all those different um coaches all those different ideas and yeah, that's definitely. um that's a big thing and as well i just wanted to touch briefly on i suppose this now gives your um everyone's always worried about their you know if their players move on are they going to the right environment um are they going to the right team you know who's going to coach them i suppose now if everything's under this um your team's in this suit umbrella you you have there is a pathway for all levels of your players could you yeah. speak briefly about that yeah i mean as where we where we're all working right now on long island it's it's it is a very fractured place and there's there's lots of options and I've found in the past, you know, you, you have maybe a little bit of success with your players on an individual level and, you know, maybe they've, they've outgrown the program that you're in and they need to, to move somewhere else for their own development. You know, you could have two or three players moving to two or three different organizations, which one might have an amazing time, one might be okay, and one might have a terrible time and end up kind of leaving the game. Now anyone that I work with, if, if they're in a position where they, they feel that they need to move on, I can confidently say, well, you know, this is not just one of the biggest, but one of the more successful organizations available. And, you know, if, if that's the direction that you want to go, I have, I have a, a ready-made pathway. So you don't have to go out and tout your players and talk to different clubs and different people. Like here's, here's an avenue that's, that's, that's proven to make you successful and, and to give you an environment that you're going to enjoy. That was, um, that that is good that you know I, you know that there's um, a pathway for your players um, of all different levels that you that at least you know you can um, can reassure those players that they're going to get you know a good soccer education um, and and you could know that those players if they if they do end up moving to another club or a, another team that they're um, they're in a good place because you're fully aware of the coaches that they're working with. And I think it's also important to note that when players do move on um, to, to become more challenged, often that means they're leaving other players behind, which could be friends and former teammates, school schoolmates, etc. And it's very difficult when players start to leave to, for the rest of the teams to stay together and to stay competitive. Whereas now in kind of this, this bigger group with with a pathway we now can provide players with other opportunities to continue to play so it's not a case of okay this team's lost their best two players now we don't have enough to play we can now work with other other clubs within our banner to say okay well maybe there's these two players available that can come in and help supplement your roster or maybe you come in you know we'll move this group of players over to this this group and this club so that those kids can keep playing so we don't lose players from playing in the game so it has its benefits from you know not just the top players but you know the, the players in the in the middle and the bottom ends of the rosters as well yeah and that that's a good point that you make then that you know that means that you know no players ever left behind that they're um like you said if 
sometimes you can have those when you have those small independent teams and two players leave and then that team ends up folding. Well, at least you know now that there are um, there are other pathways. There's um, bigger resources for those players just and to keep as many people or as many children playing the game as as much as possible. Uh, Tom, I really appreciate you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I've really enjoyed your insight, and good night. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. I was really pleased that I was able to talk to Tom today. It's always gratifying to talk to a former colleague and see how they have progressed over the years. There are many positive aspects to our conversation that could help all level of coaches. Working for a large club or organisation can help a coach gain valuable experience with different levels of play and age groups. The access to formal and informal education can be worth its weight in gold. The contacts, friendship and mentorship you can receive are endless. I would also encourage a coach to take a USSF or a United Soccer Coaches Diploma, Certification or Licence. The opportunities and relationships you can foster can sometimes be as important as the knowledge you gain. Thank you for listening to the PK Soccer Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Kelshaw, Instagram at Paul Kelshaw, like my Facebook page at PK Soccer Inc. or send an email paulkelshaw at pksoccer.org. I would also be grateful if you could give the podcast a review and a rating and share with your fellow coaches and friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.